Hey everyone and welcome to the Year Was, the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party, causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I'm your host Michael Montalvo and for the next few minutes we will swim through the river of time to try and find out what makes today truly unique. In this episode we examine the events that occurred March 17th. Okay, everyone, let's talk about St. Patrick's Day. When I began doing my many minutes of research on the man, St. Patrick, most of the results were of the day, St. Patrick's. And so it was tricky finding information on just what this episode would be about. As I am not Irish or Catholic, I don't have a strong grasp on what, or rather who, the man was. So, That's a great topic for today's episode. What we do know, at least according to Britannica, is that Patrick was born in Britain and, at 16, was taken by Irish raiders and put into slavery in Ireland. He spent six years as a slave where he found his faith and apparently had a dream that he would escape on a ship. And so he did just that. He returned to Britain where he was eventually reunited with his family only after a second captivity. Pretty wild stuff, right? He had another dream where a letter was delivered to him, and he heard the call of the Irish people asking for his return. It took some time, but eventually he put his faith in God and went back to Ireland, where he lived in constant fear of being martyred. The Irish were not Christian, and so he had to be careful as to not offend and deal fairly. With everyone, a concept I'm sure was strictly adhered to. Nonetheless, he set out to bring Christianity to Ireland. At some point in his life, he wrote his autobiography, the Confessio, and the letter to Coroticus, before having a vision of an angel appearing to him, saying that he would die at Saul, the site of his first church. The year was 461 A.D., and on this day, March 17th, St. Patrick died in Saul, Downpatrick, Ireland. It just occurs to me that I may be mispronouncing some of this. I couldn't find a good um, pronunciation guide for it, so I'm going to assume I'm right. Wait a minute. What about the snakes? Wasn't there something about snakes, you ask me? Hold on. I'm getting to that. Naturally, as they do, legends begin to grow from the stories of the exploits of the lives people live, and St. Patrick was no exception, one of these legends being the snakes. According to legend, while doing missionary work in Ireland, he was attacked by a group of snakes. As Patrick was a man of God, and as snakes represent the devil, he decided the best course of action was to lure the snakes to the ocean and drown them like he was some sort of Disney nature film crew herding lemmings to a cliff. There's a Washington Post article that talks about this, and in addition to Ireland being mostly covered in ice before people began to settle there, and then once they did, they brought their own animals to the land, snakes were most likely never really an issue for the Irish population. In truth, It was probably just a symbol of Patrick bringing Christianity and driving out all of the pagan influences. More than likely, 
It's just a story. Now that that's been answered, let's talk a bit about St. Patrick's Day. The Irish celebrated St. Patrick's Day with religious ceremonies and feasts telling the stories of the snakes and of wearing the shamrock, which Patrick used to explain the trinity of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. I mean, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But what's interesting to me is that based on my, again, many minutes of research, the widespread popularity and celebrations of St. Patrick's Day that we know and celebrate today didn't really happen until people began immigrating. It was places like the United States that transformed it into a celebration of all things Irish. The first St. Patrick's Day parade took place in St. Augustine, Florida. The colony was Spanish, but the vicar was Irish, and a parade was held. North America saw a rise of these celebrations because of immigrants coming to the country, and it saw cities with large Irish communities and influence, such as Boston, begin to hold their own parades. Boston's first parade being in 1737, followed by New York and more around 1762. And these were held for soldiers and people looking for a new life. It was also through these celebrations that people began to find a voice. American Irish were, and in many cases still are, portrayed as violent drunks, but the celebrations allowed them to celebrate their heritage. They found influence and political power in their numbers and became a must-have for votes for political candidates, and this was all during a time when they were looked down on and seen as less than. In 1848, many of New York's Irish aid societies decided to combine their individual parades and create one large parade for the holiday. This actually began what is the oldest and the largest civilian parade in the United States, drawing in crowds of the multiple millions. However, sadly, due to the pandemic, it has been canceled the last few years. Chicago has famously dyed its river green since 1962, despite blue being the traditional color of St. Patrick. Apparently, 40 pounds of dye is used, and it only lasts a few hours, which is pretty cool. People wear green or shamrocks and eat corned beef and cabbage, although that was done more to please the tourists and fuel celebrations, rather than actually based on tradition. And of course, these types of events are not limited to the United States. They are held all over the world. For Ireland, though, it was typically viewed as a religious day, with pubs being shut down by the Irish government. This lasted until 1995 when they switched gears and began to embrace it as a way to show Irish culture and drive tourism. So having seen all of that, what does St. Patrick's Day mean to me? Honestly, I don't know. I don't drink, and I'm fairly certain I'm not Irish. I had never done much research into the meaning of the day or the reason behind it or even the man until now, and even then, well, you heard what I found out. I don't have really any memories of the day, good or bad, and so I struggle with what it means to me, and as sad an answer as it is, it's the only one I have. I don't know what it means to me. That said, I'm glad I learned about it, and I hope that it brings me a better understanding going forward. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. 
If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.